Welcome to a new edition of the Neon Jazz Interview Series with Ozarks-born New York City jazz pianist Dalton Reidenhauer. The New York City jazz label Turtle Bay Records is kicking off their new video series, On the Back Porch. The series showcases the impressive talent of eight exceptional jazz musicians hailing from all over the United States, and they get in-depth with Dalton. We get into his life as a host, the history of his music, recordings, the future, and so much more. Nice to speak with you. Yeah, nice to meet you, man. Thanks for taking a minute out today. I appreciate it. Yeah, of course. Before we get into, you know, new music, live shows, kind of the world waking up, things happening, and even your history, I want to know, you know, especially now that we're looking at the calendar and it's March, you know, three years ago, everything just melted away. And I'm mm -hmm. curious how, how you survived that COVID pandemic period and how it's changed the way that you approach things now that we're coming out of it and things are opening up. Well, um, I actually have a second gig as a computer programmer. <laughs> so um, I, was, I was lucky in that I had, a, I had a sort of second stream of income during that time. Um, but, I mean, I think like everyone, um, you know, it's sort of just, sets in your mind how important it is um, not only just to have things going on in life um, in general, but how important um, it is to get together and play music. <laughs> and it's important for the musicians. It's important for, um, for the audiences. And I remember um, the first time there's a there's a jam session in New York City at this place called Mona's. It's it's like a uh, 1920s 30s uh, traditional jazz jam session, and obviously that went away um, for quite a while. And the first time we came back to play at Mona's, there were no pe there was nobody in the bar. It was just the band and um, uh, Aiden, who's the who kind of like organizes the whole thing and is just the bartender there. He was there, but it was just us and uh, we did a live stream uh, show and it was so weird to play this hot music and then be done and there was no audience. <laughs> um, so it's like the energy just, just wasn't there. Um, and I think it just made everybody realize how important that is and how important um, music is in our lives. And f for me as well, even though I had you know, I, I had a, a gig going um, during that time with the computer stuff. Um, you know, it, it still was just a gaping hole in my life during that time, as it was for everyone else, I'm sure. So, so now with things picking up, you got the On the Back Porch series. Talk mm -hmm. to me a little bit about this and kind of what else has been going on with you as the world wakes up and things kick back into high gear. Yeah, so uh the uh the work with Turtle Bay has been um has been really great. Um I guess it's been going kind of for the past couple of years I've been involved with them and um I've done a few albums, um did a swing album, mo most of them with Sweet Meg, I guess. Um I did a did a swing album with Sweet Meg and then we did two we've done two western swing albums. We just did a new one. Um, that's not that's not out yet, um, but we've finished recording, and uh, that's been really exciting. Um, all of the musicians um, that have been put together for these projects are, are just 
top-notch musicians, and a lot of them, most of them actually were already friends of mine, so that's that's been really fun. And uh, but also, I think the creative process and the um, uh, just general uh, approach to making the records has been um, pretty open. Um, and uh, Scott Ason, who's the who runs Strawblade Records, has been um, th- despite the fact that the whole concept is sort of centered around swing music and and um, like early jazz, uh, the approach to making the records has been pretty creative and and open ended. So I've really appreciated that um, from him and and from all the artists involved. So um, that's been that's been really great. Um, aside from that, New York is back. There, you know, there are lots of gigs. I mean, it's basically as it was before. Um, and in fact, some of the gigs that I I had played before uh, COVID, um, some of them even feel like they have more energy now <laughs> because people are just excited to be um, to be back and out and listening to live music. So. Um, yeah, and I'm even. I'm finally. I'm actually going to Europe next month for the first time since COVID. So um, even some of that's starting to pick up again. The international uh, traveling. So yeah, and I think that's the thing I've noticed too from my end in Kansas City. The 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 bravado and the enthusiasm from the crowds are are very palatable in a way that wasn't happening before and. Um, I think that's that's a really good outgrowth of this. I think I think we always should have we should have always felt like that. But you know, humans take advantage of things, and or we we just we just don't appreciate it as much as we should. And hopefully, that comes through um, for the musicians as well. Um, so, how did this jazz journey begin for you? Talk to me a little bit about where you were born and raised, and how the roots and seeds of jazz became who you are today. So, uh, I was born in Rollo, Missouri. Um, and uh, I grew up uh, well. I grew up out in the country, around there. But uh, I went to high school. I went to school, um, elementary school and high school, in St. James, Missouri, which is a small town next to Rollo. If anybody's familiar with Merrimack Springs, um, that's that's where that is. Um, and uh, my grandparents had a piano. Um, they were refurbishing in their shop, and I used to go out there and sort of plunk around on it. Um, actually, before that, I, I tried to play the guitar. I was into Elvis when I was like six years old, and I tried to play the guitar. The guitar uh, hurt my fingers, um, and so I didn't really like it that much. And so I sort of gravitated to this piano that my grandparents had, and I used to just kind of plunk around on it. And um, I think they decided that, you know, well, decided I should start taking piano lessons. So I took piano lessons for a little bit, but they eventually very quickly gave me the piano that they were, that they were going to be putting up in their house. And uh, so I was very fortunate to have this really great piano um, at the outset of learning. And um, about six months into learning the piano, my, my dad asked if I could learn um, the sting, which is the entertain, you know, the theme from the sting, which is the entertainer by Scott Joplin. And so I, we got the music for that, and I learned it, and I really loved that style of music, the ragtime style, and we quickly found out that there was a, um, 
uh, Ragtime Festival in Sedalia, Missouri, um, the Scott Joplin International Ragtime Festival. And so my parents um, took me up there and uh, when I was about, I guess, nine years old. And, um, yeah, I got to meet and hear all of these amazing uh, piano players from all around the world who would come to this festival. And uh, some of them sort of took me under their wing when I was young and, and encouraged me, and um, I think that was sort of indispensable. And then so, so I started going up to this festival every year and, and playing and and even I was kind of one of the only young kids at that time playing ragtime. And so I got invited to play at some other festivals in different parts of the country, um, which was really neat. Um, but in tandem with that, um, my, my mother and my, my grandfather um, sort of uh, set up a bunch of gigs <laughs> Uh, for me around the area and we would play you know nursing homes and and different places like fairs and stuff like that and my grandfather would write um, uh, like comedy sketches and so we would do little comedy sketches and then I would play a tune right and then we do a comedy sketch and I'd play a couple tunes so we had these little sh sort of variety shows going on and sometimes they involved my whole family my grandma and and uh, cousins, everybody else, there were people tap dancing. And um, the very first gig I ever had, professional gig I ever had, was at the Doolittle Pick and Park in Doolittle, Missouri. And it was it was basically a place where they had a lot of bluegrass groups and stuff going on down there. Um, but my grandpa and I went and uh, and did our little variety show there. Um, so yeah, my family was always very encouraging, and um, I was very lucky to have that. Um, upbringing because I think it was a good combination of, you know, getting to hear really good players and, and play, you know, great music, um, being mostly ragtime at that point. Um, but also I got a lot of stage practice, so I've never really, <laughs> never really had stage fright or anything like that. Um, and then after I sort of went from ragtime to, I learned about stride piano and um, Fats Waller and James P. Johnson, and eventually I I, I played saxophone in the high school or in uh, junior high and high school bands, and I learned about Charlie Parker, and so I got into sort of bebop and more modern jazz, and um, I sort of learned via the the history of jazz basically, which was I it was an accident <laughs> that that happened, but I'm kind of appreciative that I learned that way. What was the very first live jazz show you ever saw that really blew you away that made you either think, I want to watch this for the rest of my life or I want to perform? That's a hard question. I, I, I really, like the first, I mean, the first live music I, I saw was um, the stuff at the, at the Joplin Festival. Not only were, were there, you know, people who were playing solo piano stuff, but there was a lot of duo piano going on. <laughs> so like sort of jamming, like playing Boogie Woogie with two pianos and stuff like that. Um, so I think that was very impactful upon me. I, I do remember the first time I heard, there's a piano player from um, Chicago named Paula Saro, and uh, he's kind of the first person I ever heard play. He was playing in style of Fats Waller. Um, but, you know, fa the style of Fats Waller is quite a bit different than ragtime, and you're starting to hear more uh, jazz voicings on the piano and stuff, and and um, 
and also just more improvisation in general. And uh, I remember the first time I heard him, I was like, wow, that's that just like set my ear off on another level. Um, I also, uh, there was a guy named Scott Kirby um, coming to the festivals. And at the time he was living in New Orleans and heavily influenced by a lot of New Orleans music. So um, I heard him playing uh, lots of New Orleans style piano. Um, and in addition, he was really into UB Blake's music. So um, I heard him playing a lot of UB Blake and my ear sort of gravitated toward that. Um, so despite, you know, it's like all this stuff, Fats Waller and UB Blake sort of comes out of ragtime. And I think the fact that I was sort of in that scene um, sort of pulled me toward jazz because I really was more excited to play things like UB Blake and James P. Johnson and Fats Waller um, than I was the ragtime. Although now that I've gotten older, I sort of, I, I love all of it. You know, I'm, I, I really enjoy playing classic rags as well. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I think that's kind of answer. I, I, obviously once I got into, to later stuff, I would, I would go up to St. Louis and, um, hear bands like, um, Kenny Garrett and stuff like that coming through town. And that, that's, that was very influential as well. What stage did you finally make it on where you were like, wow, I'm here, I've arrived, I'm, I'm a professional musician, this is quite something? Do you remember when that moment happened? Well, I think that I, I, I've, I've always been a professional musician. I mean, I've, I've been making money playing music since I was, I mean, the gig at the Doolittle Pick and Park, I was 10 years old. <laughs> and I, I, I remember clearly I made 50 bucks and I was like, oh my gosh, this is so much better than mowing lawns. <laughs> Which is obviously, you know, when you grow, when you grow up in, uh, in rural Missouri, you learn about mowing lawns. Um, <laughs> yeah. But, uh, and not just lawns, but fields. <laughs> and uh, so I, um, I always sort of had that, but I think that where it really hit was whenever I got to New York and and I started getting called by people here, you know, just to play gigs. I mean, because ultimately, I think all musicians just want to be accepted by their peers. <laughs> and so when you start getting called by people that you admire, um, then you sort of feel like, okay, I've... I've made it to a to a really good place. So I think I think it was less about being on a specific stage and or you know a specific gig and more about just like you know feeling like oh wow you know that person I really love is calling me to to uh, to play with their band or you know they're calling me to sub for them and uh, so um, yeah that's that's probably probably it. <laughs> So in this process of being a professional musician, there's all these aspects that go into it. What's, what's the favorite part to you? What do you like the best about this process? For me, the best, the most exciting part about music for me is just the process of learning. I mean, well, th there's that side of it, and then there's just the side of, you know, when you get with a really great band – particularly well it could be off the cuff or it could be something that's really worked out like i i've i've currently have this band uh the love strict balladeers and um and we we have a lot of like heavily arranged stuff but we've we've 
we've done a lot of rehearsing. <laughs> and um, so when we go out on stage, it's like it feels free, even though it's very highly rehearsed, right? But then there are also situations where you go on stage and you're, somebody's calling a tune, but the band is really good. So, so there's just like a magic that happens because everybody has, has, has it together. And um, so I, I love that side of it, but I, I also really love the process of learning and just sitting at home with a record and figuring out what's going on. And um, I, there's, there's an, an endless amount of knowledge in music, so um, it's, a, it's a life process. So I know that I'm never going to get tired of doing that, and I'm going to be able to do it for the rest of my life. And to me, that's exciting because it's, you know, it sort of gives some sort of purpose to life. Um, yeah, so. <laughs> right on. So let me ask you this, very simply put, for something that you've dedicated your life to, why do you love jazz? Gosh, that's a hard question. I mean, it's an easy question, and it's hard to articulate. I, I think... Uh, I love the uh obviously I love I love the improvisatory and spont you know spontaneity of it. Uh but again I also love the craft that it that it takes to to get inside the different styles. I mean that jazz is a very broad <laughs> art form, right? There's so many different styles that go into it. And so to really um be able to hang at the gig, you sort of, you have to do a lot of studying across all these different styles. And, uh, I, I think that that's, uh, that's a fascinating process. I, I really love that. Like somebody calls me to do, you know, uh, a bebop gig. I'm going to sit down and, and turn on Charlie Parker and just get inside. Like what, what's happening with Charlie Parker? You know, what's happening with Bud Powell? Somebody calls me to do 1920s stuff. You know, I'm going to get inside uh, Big Spider back and Fast Waller and James P. And um, and the the range is it, it's it's really wide there. Like the way you, I mean, I'm a piano player, so think about piano. But the way you approach the piano <laughs> across those different styles is it's quite broad, and um, it it just keeps it really exciting. So um, yeah, I I I love that. I mean, I love that jazz is is um you know it's a, it's a true american art form and um and i love that you know we have the opportunity to to sort of keep that going <laughs> and to honor the great musicians who came before us um by by continuing to spread the the music so um yeah that's it's a hard question i mean i i just love it like it it it's swing. I mean, a, a great swing feel is just something that can't be um, can't be beat. <laughs> so you know, if I, I, I can get lost in that. I can put on, uh, you know, that record Ben and Sweets uh, with uh, there's a few tunes on there, Better Go and um, yeah. a few other. Yeah, I mean, I put that on and and it's just like life can't get any better than listening to that. So that's what jazz is. 
<laughs> right? Jazz is, yeah. is that bit of tweets record. <laughs> absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So let's, let's kind of shift into a little bit here of you and your life. And, and mm-hmm. if you have a dream tonight, you run into a younger version of yourself. And based mm-hmm. on what you've lived through and the wisdom you've gained, you yeah. could give that younger version of you a piece of advice. What would you say to your younger version? <laughs> oh, gosh. I would say um, practice more <laughs> uh, and be – practice more and be more organized about learning and be more open-minded about learning. Because when I was a kid, I was pretty closed-minded about music. I mean, I I got into ragtime and, and, and boogie-woogie and these, these uh, specific styles of piano, and, and I didn't really go – out of that too much um i did some but uh you know i i just my mind was narrow and when i i went to berkeley for my undergrad and when i got there it's sort of like i got put into all these different musical situations and sort of started to see the art in um in, in you know getting inside a specific style and so now i just love playing just about anything <laughs> and including country music, which I grew up with country music, but I never really considered it that serious when I was a, when I was young, but now it's like, I, I study country music as an art, you know? And, um, so I think that I would tell myself to, to, uh, ex- even, uh, to, to sort of keep my mind open. And, uh, that's, Cool. I, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. No, that makes sense. That makes sense. So, if you could get into a jazz DeLorean and go back in time and see a dream show in the history mm-hmm. of jazz, where are you going? Who are you going to see? Probably UB Blake when he was young. I mean, I, I, well, I always wanted to meet UB Blake, um, but I also would have loved to sit and um, and listen to him play. Um, you know, back in the back in the 1920s, <laughs> to hear him play the Charleston Rag in the 20s, um, I think that would be a dream. And also Art Tatum, I think any piano player <laughs> would want to go back and and sit next to Art Tatum and like witness that uh, what he was able to to accomplish like in front of your face. You know, it's like we we're lucky we have some videos of these people, um, but it just doesn't quite capture it, right? <laughs> so I would say... For sure. Yeah. And I mean, that's, yeah. those are both, you know, I'm a piano player, so those are both, like, piano things, but there's so many. Like, obviously, Charlie Parker, come on. You know, I found out... Uh, I used to go camping at the Lake of the Ozarks with my family, <laughs> and uh, we went up there kind of every weekend, and we went to this place called Camp Bagnell, and... um I found out recently because many of us know the story of stories of Charlie Parker going down into the to Ozarks to to woodshed, right? He <laughs> kind of leave town and get out of the city and and go down there and practice. But I found out that there was a club, some dance club, um, just outside of Eldon, Missouri, where Charlie Parker used to play, <laughs> and it was, it was like a mile. Up the, a couple of miles up the road from where I used to camp, and that just blows my mind, right? I'm, I'm like, wow, I, I can't imagine rolling up into Eldon, Missouri, and, and Charlie Parker's about to hit, you know? <laughs> so that's, um, that's that, yeah, that's a great visual, yeah. And I knew that, I knew that, 
um, that's where everything really, really took off for him. So that is a trip, especially for how far he went. Just the fact that, you know, New York was a stomping ground. A lot of people kind of forget the Ozark period. So that's wild. Yeah. I, I can't remember the name of the club, but, but yeah, you can look. Yeah. It <laughs> yeah. Yeah, sure. Yeah. And I'm going to probably do it myself. So, let, let's get to the essence of you and who you are. Everyone out there has a perception of you, your family, your friends, fans, mm -hmm. colleagues, but you're the one living your life. What's your perception of you? Who do you think you are? Oh, gosh. Um, <laughs> I mean, I like to think of myself as a generally positive person, and um, I, like to be, I like to be around people. I, I'm sort of a mix. I like to be around people, but I also... I also love to just stay at home <laughs> on a Friday night. And um, I think a lot of that has to do with um, I don't consider myself a uh, – I don't consider myself a person who gets bored. I never get bored. And um, thankful, thanks to music, right? I mean, come on. How can you get bored when you have all this music to listen to and work on? <laughs> so yeah. um, I, I, I don't – I'm not a bored person. I'm I'm always um I've always got something going on in my head or in my life. <laughs> and um and that sort of uh you know, that sort of brings along friendships and and uh relationships uh with it because obviously if you're going out and playing, you know, you're going to you're going to make friends that way. So um I guess I see myself as a fairly positive and hopefully friendly person. Um, and I'm a very family oriented person. I mean, I, um, I, you know, I try to visit my family as, as much as I can. Um, and so, uh, yeah, I don't know. <laughs> that's, 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 I think that's the hardest question anybody's ever asked me. <laughs> yeah. And, and it's hard it to talk about yourself that, in that way, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it always seems like you need to, it needs to be a pretty voluminous answer, but usually the brevity is, is some of the best stuff out there. So, Dalton, thank you for opening up about the series, about your life and music. Good luck with it. Good luck with everything as we move forward here in a, a new, hopefully, post-pandemic time. Yeah, thanks. And, and regarding the series, uh, I encourage everybody to check out TurtleBayRecords.com. Um, there are a lot of great projects going on. And, uh, and uh, yeah, I think... I think you'll enjoy it. So. so that's more specifically, if anyone out there wants to learn more about you, pick up your albums and locate this series, where should they go? Yeah, so, well, TurtleBayRecords.com, they can go there for all of that stuff. Um, I have my other project, uh, Lovestruck Balladeers. Um, you, can, you can find information about that band at LovestruckBalladeers.com. That's like Lovestruck and then Ballad, B-A-L-L-A, D-E-E-R-S, Balladeers, lovestruckballadeers.com. And uh, I have a personal website, but uh, I don't really keep it up to date. So, <laughs> so okay. those two places are probably the best. Yeah. Right on. Perfect. Dalton, thank you for opening up, man. Best of oh, and actually, uh, I forgot one. Um, I do have a solo record, um, and I think they still have some copies at rivermontrecords.com. Um, and you, you should definitely check out Rivermont Records. Um, they have tons of great um, early jazz and ragtime piano um, recordings there. So, Okay. Yeah, fair enough. Yeah. Cool, man. 
Again, thanks, Dalton. I appreciate it. Best of luck with everything. Thank you so much. Thanks for listening and tuning in to another Neon Jazz interview, where we give you a bit of insight into the finest players and minds in Rolla, Missouri, New York City, Kansas City, and spots all over the world, giving fans all that jazz. Thanks to Dalton for his time, energy, and story. If you want to hear more Neon Jazz interviews, you can find us on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. Subscribe to us at YouTube. For everything Neon Jazz, go to the neonjazz.blogspot.com. Until next time, enjoy the jazz, my friends. Neon Jazz.